Hi, welcome to the GovLab podcast. GovLab is the innovation brand of Deloitte Public Sector. Together with public sector organizations, we try to solve society's most wicked problems through innovation. In this podcast series, we talk to innovators that have the ambition to change our society and make it a bit better place to live in. What drives them? How do they do it? And what can we learn from them? Today, we speak with Ger Baron. For three and a half years, he is the CTO of the municipality of Amsterdam, one of the forerunners on public sector innovation. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk about innovation uh, in the municipality of Amsterdam. Um, maybe you're now the CTO of Amsterdam uh, for several years. Um, can you maybe start with telling about what it actually comprehends being a CTO in the municipality of Amsterdam? Yeah, I think in my assignment we talk about three things. I mean, so it's a threefold assignment, I would say. Um, first of all, um, my responsibility is to make sure that every department in the city, every task we have uh, starts to well, use technology, starts to use innovation uh, um, in a way that's relevant for them. A few examples about this later. Secondly, um, it's about how to make the city future-proof and to become a bit more well uh, adaptive, maybe even proactive to the impact that technology innovation has to our city, basically. I mean, uh, the invention of solar panels or autonomous vehicles or drones, I mean, have impact on the city in many ways, uh, both physically and social. Uh, uh, and to a certain extent, we can be, well, we need to adapt to that, but to a certain extent, you want to adapt to it before it goes more. So how can we be a bit more proactive in that? Uh, and thirdly, I'm responsible for the digital transformation of our own organization, which maybe is, um, well, the hardest thing to do, but when we want to do the first part, make use of innovation and technology to make the city more beautiful, etc. Secondly, adapt to the changing, well, society in a broad sense, I would say, we need to change our, our own organization as well. So in these three fields, we try to organize ourselves and make sure the city comes to motion. And And... Where do you want to go? Because innovation is in the end, uh, it's a means to an end. Yeah, so the interesting thing is everybody to... always asks me, Ger, what are your KPIs and what, what, what your boss, what he well, wants to hear by the end of the year or about your targets and your goals, etc. So um, obviously a very relevant question. Um, when I would have a boss, this would be a relevant question for him. Um, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 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 it's twofold. Uh, the first part is just we contribute to the goals the city already has. I mean, we already have goals on less traffic. We already have goals on sustainability. We already have goals on healthier people. And and then the question is, how can we use innovation, data, technology to help my colleagues to reach their goals, basically? So this can be an enhanced traffic uh, model to well, uh, uh, make traffic go seamlessly through a city, basically. This can be an e-healthcare application for health colleagues. This can be a better system to... Uh, for kids to choose a school in the city, this can be well, uh, a, a way to measure the quality of air in houses, of social housing, etc. I mean, it can be a whole bunch of things. Contribute to the goals we already have, better houses, a safer city, a healthier city, etc. So most of my KPIs always relate to the KPIs we have as an organization. I'm not going to set separate KPIs against that. So our traffic department has a KPI, I have my own mobility KPI, I mean, it doesn't work that way. It's something we do jointly. And I think we should do jointly, basically, because we already uh, uh, um, are in the domain of, of um, 
or broad solutions. We don't have a goal to sell more products X or something. I mean, this is not one of our goals. It's our goals already to solve stuff. So it would be a bit silly to have different KPIs in that. Second KPI is a bit more holistic, I would say, is to make our organization more agile, more flexible, more uh, adaptive, uh, uh, but also make sure our organization has a better connection to what citizens want, what product citizens need, uh, uh, and make sure we stop doing stuff people don't want us to do, basically. Um, and we are uh, an organization and like a traditional government, I would say, almost, that doesn't have... I mean, when you have a monopoly, I mean, there's not a big sense of urge to be user-centric or consumer-centric in your design. So this is a bit more holistic of what I now try to do, and what some departments goes well, some of them, we have a lot of work to do, is to become, well, um, an organization that's an organization that's relevant in 2018, uh, uh, meaning we are, um, well, let's say adaptive, I wouldn't say agile, but I mean, let's say agile, but to, to, to uh, what's happening in responsive and agile. Secondly, an organization that um, well, has the capability in it to adapt itself around matters that are relevant and not or a siloed organization and just start to think about stuff from their own little silo, but you want to be more flexible and adaptive to the demand that's needed in the city. So we need to define the demands. And how does that look like in a municipality like Amsterdam? How do you see that? Because I understand agile and additivity, yeah. Yeah. but it's often hard because you already said like the silos. Yeah. We are based on structure normally that have those silos. In yeah. It. I mean, so it works when it comes to stuff that's already digital. I mean, uh, last year, in actually in the Deloitte ranking of uh, uh, digital governments in the Netherlands, we went up from, probably you know better, but I think from uh, 126 to number two or something. I mean, it was quite spectacular, actually. Yeah. I mean, change the KPIs, probably, I'm not sure, but how the indexes, I'm not sure. But I mean, spectacularized. So the stuff we already do digital, I mean, it's easier to become better. So traffic models are already data, and then people work with data. I mean, the real challenge is from, uh, well, but we still have paper, non-data, Etc. I mean, and, and this is actually the most interesting part as well. So, um, how, how do you do this? Well, and, and, and first of all, we uh, nowadays start to make joint teams from software developers, data scientists, and, and product owners that used to be uh, um, uh, policy officers. So, we try to make new type of teams, new ways of working, where the uh, output is not a policy document, but actually results. Um, and, and this is something we now do on a, well, I would say a small scale. I mean, when, when we would have 15, 20 teams doing this base. Now, uh, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's quite accurate, I would say. This is 15 teams more than we had some one and a half year ago. And so it's, I mean, baby step, but we're making steps. What you see is that, that this is now getting traction, actually, and people start to see this way of working that's, that's get, become more relevant for them as well. So now it's more about, hey, how can we actually start to work this way in a, well, standardized way basically which means you need to organize your management differently which means you need to organize politics differently to a certain extent so um, with elections tomorrow uh, uh, I have big hope that the starting point of a new board of the city can be this new way of working where they actually start to work fact-based data-driven uh, and more agile also in the way they try to do their politics and this won't be for every topic of the problem but I think we can grasp Quite a few, especially in the social domain of a city, where we're going to do this like this. And 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 why this uh, uh, new board? Well, I mean, uh, we've been doing this now for well, let's say one and a half years, and and the current board said, well, well, nice, interesting, we love it, but I mean, there will be new people in our places in half a year, so 
let's start then, basically. And I understand that as well. I mean, this is always a, we've always in a reason to stop innovation, but I mean, when you be not sure if you'll be in a position anymore in a few months, I mean, I can imagine you want to do a different thing. Also, the general manager of the city is leaving in the same period. The mayor has left, and there will be a new mayor in the same period. So it's, yeah. yeah. So there's actually a lot of opportunity. Uh, that very possibly there's quite a bit of opportunity. We now have the business models in place. We have the investment models in place. Uh, um, well, I, I think you should be a well, not a visionary. But I'm not sure what's uh, the, the the opposite of a visionary in this perspective, but a non-visionary politician not to say yes to a few of these things. Because how like you have now 15 or 20 teams that work yeah. this way. Do you also like support them in a, with a physical matter that they have their own space, yeah. or are they still like? Yeah. So, and how do you see it when you extrapolate it to the future? Like, is then do we have like a kind of new organization or? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, and I mean the interesting thing is with this, we know at City Hall and City Hall. Uh, I mean, obviously, people who listen to this can see this, but I mean, we now uh, refurbished City Hall. We refurbishing City Hall uh, with plans that were made in two thousand nine, ten, eleven. Um, to speed of the government, uh, and we organize it in uh, flexible working spaces. Like uh, I mean, we we well, consultancies did as well uh, uh, 15 years ago with the shared. Uh, but walking through this building, you see, there's not a single project space. Uh, and now we want to talk about, hey, let's start to work more agile and more in multidisciplinary teams. You need project spaces, actually. We don't have a single project space in this whole fucking building. So I mean, but the, the, the thinking about how we worked six, seven years ago, designed this building basically into a way it will be finished next year, and then we need to refurbish it again because the demand has changed. And so this is an interesting dynamic. So uh, I, I, well, I still have this lobby a bit going. Officially, I still think we need to do this. Uh, uh, but um, uh, uh, starting this summer, we also have a new building at the base for plane, which actually will be. Uh, uh, modeled for people who want to work this way. So, okay. so we can well, at least fit in three, four people over there. So it would be a nice next step. And, and you already mentioned like the, the leadership, right? With the management and especially also the political leadership. Yeah. Um, we distinguish a couple of building blocks that are uh, relevant for successful innovation within public sector. And one of them is the awareness and understanding yeah. of, of leadership. How aware do you think and that, that your leadership is and how much yeah. do they understand that these new ways of working also? I'm positive about that actually. I'm, I'm, when I started two and a half years ago over here, I mean, everybody was looking at me here, uh, innovation, technology, digital transformation. I mean, just install your Wi-Fi network and go away, please. <laughs> and then, and, and, Today we went live on GovRome actually, it's not even a joke, we're so we now connected to 100 other governments in the Netherlands basically, one of the first papers I've written three years ago actually, I realized it. So this is a speed of innovation uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, um, but, um, um, so we do have the Wi-Fi, but um, um, the interesting thing is, uh, uh, after making this first round three and a half years ago, we thought, okay, this is... Everybody said, here, the right way forward is just pick two topics, use the next two years to on this topic to show what you got and, and how it works, basically. Hire two people to help you or whatever, basically, and see uh, where we go. Uh, and then I thought, well, this is not a way to create impact, basically. So um, my main goal was, uh, when we talk about KPIs, uh, obviously we have these KPIs on health and security, etc., um, but my, 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 to the general manager of the city, I promised him basically I, I, I will increase the awareness and make sure the management actually starts to understand this. So uh, in the trainings for leadership, we talked about digital transformation, 
we the 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 the, the secretary of the city the general manager changed a few people in the leadership basically uh, we now have trainings uh, for uh, uh, mental and director level but also the level below on innovation technology so I mean we trained over 100 people mandatory trainings about data for uh, and data driven uh, management for the whole leadership so I think we trained 150 leaders in the city basically within the last 2-3 years by giving them examples showcasing other organizations so not only uh, people telling them how it would work like but also people from well, uh, telco banks um, uh, um, fast-moving uh, uh, consumer goods organizations, basically, to tell them, and uh, utilities to tell them how they would work on this, basically. So I don't, I don't think there's a single person in the organization that still would say digitalization is not happening to us. I think two years ago, half of the management would say, nah, this is not for the government. You see financial sector, fintechs, but I mean the government. Not a single person who, who would now say, my, my work will not change, will not change within the next two, three years. I'm pretty sure the awareness is pretty good. So we invest quite a bit in that, but it's a very soft KPI. But I think you need it when you really want to do bigger things, basically. Yeah. But there's never the question anymore, digitalization, why? I, I know that we said uh, like a, a year ago or something, we said with Keisha Ollengren yeah. and John Hagel, yeah. and we talked about that yeah. actually innovation is by leading by uh, asking questions, yeah. right? So you have like need to be a, like yeah. a broad perspective yeah. and it's often difficult with politicians. Yeah. How do you, like, we discussed it then, but uh, how do you look to that? And do you think that there will be a shift also from there? Or Yeah, I, I hope so, to be frank. I mean, you see, I mean, in the debates and everything, obviously this is, I mean, the question is, and, and this is interesting, yeah? I mean, in, in the end, politicians are responsible for what and not how. Uh, uh, so the general manager and, and the leadership of the city is responsible for the how. It's just the... And this is interesting, because when you don't ask the right questions, the how won't be the how you expected, because you get an answer on the question you ask, but nine out of ten times the question you ask is not the question you want the answer to. So I think also on a political level, it's about the awareness has been improved a bit. I'm not sure to what extent. What has been improved is the trust a few people have in the, in the organization. So there are politicians that literally say last half year, year, say, here, I'm not sure what you're doing, but I think it's the right thing we need to do. So do tell me when something goes wrong, but go ahead doing it. So I think there should also be a different type of relation between uh, control, which control is uh, very important, but control should be more than only finance control, financial control. It's also about, hey, how can we control innovation? How can we make sure we make educated catches about doing new stuff we don't know where it's going to end? But how can we organize a control that we make sure we make a lot of mistakes, but not big mistakes? How can we organize a different type of organization? So, but it means that that politician that is very right. I mean, John Hagel said it correctly. I mean, we should ask the right questions and leadership should ask the right questions and shouldn't give the solution already in their question because this is what happens now out of 10 times. And this is also by lack of trust of the civil servants type of organization we are. And, and most of the time they're politicians are right. I mean, because we are, well, we used to be this, well, everybody was scared about doing new stuff or differently, basically. And now there's more and more space, I would say, for this discussion. So I hope, uh, and I mean, I, see, I never saw an elections within a city before. So for me, it's the first time that I'm going to see what happens after the elections. And as you know, I'm pretty positive about a lot of things. But I, I try to think of reasons not to 
go to the next level of transformation. And also for politicians, I, and, and this works as well in the narrative, I would say. You know, change, not everybody picks it up, but a lot of politicians pick it up. But there's a difference between innovation and transformation. I mean, innovation is nice stuff you can do, you should do on the outside, or the impact on our own organization is not that big. I mean, autonomous cars rise very well. We should do different things, new things. Fine. But when you talk about a different way of social security, it impacts hundreds of people in our organization who need to do their work differently. And there's a big difference in the approach to these things, for me, because it's a different way of business case, value case, and doing new stuff on the outside is the easy thing. And the value case has always been created, I mean, cleaner air. I mean, there are a million people who can have a project for cleaner air and answer, I mean, all right. But I mean, how, how are we gonna fund it? I mean, we think clean air is 10 million important, so we a year. So we fund 10 million when it's, we don't have any money anymore. We don't have any money anymore for cleaner air. But when you would transform your own organization and start to work differently, it's about how can we make three, four, five hundred people work differently, talk different to people, do different work, automate their work, digitally, also have feedback loops in, in, in two or three months instead of three or four years. So this is the, the big job. But I think a lot of people start to see that this transformation is something we should do as well. So one of the things we ask the new board of the city is, hey, can you do investments substantially? Um, not only in technology, not only in people, not only in, in output, but can you combine these investments? Uh, and, and we promise return on investment because we can do stuff way more effective and efficient. Uh, uh, but it goes wrong when you would buy a bit of ICT, when you would buy uh, uh, invest a bit in new people, when you would uh, uh, give a bit more money to health and a bit more money to safety and security. But because it's a combination, everything we do is a combination of digital technology and people, and, and, and we need new processes to do so. So I'm pretty optimistic that this narrative has been understood, and we, we managed to translate it in a non-technology type of language. And, and this is a big, big effort because tech, tech goes and then consultants coming to our board talking about the great stuff they could do and solve all the issues and then installing a new platform, etc. I mean, they're a bit skeptical about it. I think it's very interesting because what you say is that like a lot of people think that innovation is all about creativity. Yeah. But if you really want to do this right, it's also, also a big part is discipline. You need to organize it in the right discipline, way. Discipline, governance, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah more and more. How did you like do that here in Amsterdam? Well, I mean... This is what we're struggling with. I mean, we now have it, when we talk about digitalization, we have a digitalization of digital steering committee, more or less, where we are uh, people responsible for finance and people are at the table as well. So director of finance, director of uh, uh, personal uh, people and organization, you know, for uh, human resources, um, are at the table as well. And we ask them, uh, like human resources people, to make gaps between what we have right now in terms of people and where we, what we need to go, probably. So, administrative tasks go away, data scientists come in, etc. And uh, so, they are thinking about these things as well. So, we now more and more see it as a joint effort. And, and, and this is also an escalation level where we try to, uh, where we now have in place all, all types of escalation levels that are, well, I would say, not clear enough yet. Next step will be that we. Something I learned from ING, I was pretty impressed by, by their governance, basically. They said, well, we have this project officers meeting once every month, the week after, two weeks after their, their bosses are at the table, and one week after is the board of the of ING. Uh, so when we would have an issue, uh, uh, well, you have five minutes to discuss it in the meeting, you don't solve it, you have two weeks to bring it to another table, there are five minutes again to discuss it, when it's not being solved, it will be discussed by the board. But we need governance like that. I mean, it's not even about um, uh, I would say, and when you start to work, work more agile on the stuff you do, it's not only about 
taking all the time to have all the arguments and all the data in a row to make a decision, but it's about making faster decisions, basically. Also realize stopping it faster by organizing faster governments. And this is our biggest challenge. So government making decisions is in place, but sometimes it takes three, four months, five months to get a decision. And I think we should, the challenge would be to make it fast. And, and, and this also means you probably make more mistakes, which is very natural and, and for, for a government, because we want to have all the options and all the data, and then we don't do it because it's a tiny risk. And you want to go to a level of, hey, we make a decision, but in a month, two months, we see if this was the right decision, and maybe turn it back. Okay, so you want to have a kind of stage gates where you actually yeah, monitor and experiment. Stage gates, but also escalation when it goes wrong, basically, uh, where you have, have conflict of interest. One department versus the other department, basically, uh, because otherwise you start to do with your own stages and with compliance, etc. You also want to have, hey, there renders uh, uh, an interest that's differently from from a different department. Normally, we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, but you want to have this discussion in the beginning of of your of your of your of your of your reviews and not in the end. Yeah. So again, there those silos need to be broken down yeah. and they need to come together. It, like you have done now, some innovations yep. and. Uh, Often when you do new things, you actually get into resistance with the existing organization, yeah. right? We, we people, most of our people don't like change. Yeah. So how do you overcome that? Um, well, uh, I fully agree that this is a challenge. And 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 and, uh, and at the beginning, we did, did a lot of innovation, as I mentioned before, at well, which was not impacting your organization that much. I mean, a nice a new traffic type of traffic light or a smart light post or whatever, Everybody would not go ahead and do this. This is nice extra. But when you want to change the process and the work of people, then the real challenge to start actually to get people on board. And then the second thing is when you make a business case, nine out of ten times you don't get rid of somebody's jobs, but you of a job, but you well, one day a week less work basically for somebody. And most of the time this ends, we're not gonna fire anybody because we have one hundred people who do now one day work less or one hundred days saved basically. Well, people, yeah, still work for four days and still a job, isn't it? Four days of work, so they work a bit slower or start to do something else, think of something else themselves. So uh, uh, the way to do this is to get these people aboard, basically. And what you see right now, when you actually start not doing implementations of agile working, but actually start doing it and get people aboard and, and give them the space to do so, it works quite well. So we don't send people to trainings first, we just get them aboard they actually like it. And they actually like it, yeah. yeah. Because they have more impact right at the table. Some of them are a bit scared. Uh, so you need to coach them. So we do invest in coaches and everything. Uh, but when you would send them to a training and, and send them back, and we tend, I mean, people who did a lean training over here, I mean, the numerous, I mean, there are a lot of them. There, there a lot of people went to, 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 to black belts and everything. I mean, it's, it's, they, they did this training and then they came back in the organization and started doing the same thing they've done before. So it's not a bad implementation to send people to a training only it's about start doing it so hire a few people actually understand this and then start to grow doing it so and, and that's from my perspective this works yeah i really recognize that we have done some design sprints uh, yeah. for example with the dutch police and also like when you get people into a room as soon as they actually everybody loves to do stuff and make stuff exactly. and the speed that you can actually yeah. gather because you are all together at the table and you have really the time to do a new design or design a new idea or solution. 
yeah, that really makes everybody enthusiastic. So I think. And then the challenge is to keep them aboard within the weeks afterwards as well. So not send them to their own tasks again, but get them into a mode. And how do you do that? Because I know we have done a project yeah, on property yeah. uh, here with you. Yeah. And uh, you see a lot like in public sector organizations that uh, you can get them for free for the time that we are in the ideation phase. But That's as right. soon as it needs to be built, Absolutely. people can only innovate part-time, so yeah. they need to do it besides their own task. Yeah, so this is something that, that took us half a year, year basically to, well, in the whole list of requirements, this is now important to, also means you maybe start a bit later because people actually need to have the time basically, so they need to, that task they already have, they need to put them somewhere else basically, but you need people doing this dedicated, fully agree. Yeah. And this is one of the, and that, that's what I meant, I mean, we do an implementation, you would do one hour a week, two hour a week to train it, but it's not, not going to work that way. When you're a product owner, you're going to be a dedicated product owner. I mean, this is the only way to do it, because otherwise you write four days a week policies, and one day a week you're a product owner or something, but I mean, not going to work. And I know you also use like the, the principles of human-centered design and everything to innovate. But how does the uh, how do you look to the we are need to we need to work more customer centric. Yeah. How do you see like how do you get those feedback out of the customer? How do you organize that? Because that's often something yeah. that civil servants are not used no, to. No, 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 no. I mean, from we're not used with, with customers. I mean, we used to uh, not, well up to a year ago every day to have the call center where people actually called us would go to the communications departments and not to. Uh, 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 not to the management, so we, we didn't have a clue what products did work and didn't work on a management level. So, but we're not very user-centric in that perspective. I mean, American tax firms are the worst tax firms in the world in a country that is known for its uh, user-centric uh, products and services. So, I mean, governments don't really have an incentive, do they? So, then, I would say the, the, um, uh, we're not there yet in all of these things. I mean, it's a work in progress, but it's um, organizing. Uh, 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 um, feedback loops in terms of data, give them an insight. We start every project with fact packs and everything about data. Secondly, make it, uh, um, well, I would say, I'm not sure we should, people should do it every week, but a lot of people nowadays need to go to the streets and talk to people, talk to clients and interview them. Uh, uh, and even, I mean, some of them do, do, do design think type of trainings, etc. But even when you don't do design think type of trainings, just start to talk to your customers. So policy officers need to talk to customers nowadays in a lot of departments. We're not there yet with everybody, but they actually need to talk to people. Um, it will be scary probably for some of them. Yeah, 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 they are, they are. We, did a, we had a, a group of trainees last year and um, uh, they wanted to do something with innovation and democracy. And I said, well, okay, fine, I mean, you're, go ahead. I mean, you want to do something with innovation and democracy, uh, I like the topic. Uh, and then they started to work on it, they made a proposal, and said, hey, we uh, decided we uh, want to do innovation democracy, and we, but there are so many targeted groups, and then some groups to target, and then, I mean, it's too much, so we want to, for this time being, we want to do an experiment with two groups. I said, okay, I understand this, because you can't do this with everybody, you understand how it works, so uh, make the plan. And then they had two groups, they had um, the young urban professional and the cultural elite that picked out, as the groups they wanted to do the, the experiments on, on democracy with. And then I asked them, said, oh, this is the groups that, are, that is, I mean, they have the biggest issue with democracy, or is it actually the group that already is being heard quite well? And then they said, well, we, we think they have, they, have a, they have a stronger opinion than other people, so we need to put more effort in them because they have a stronger opinion. And, and this is very interesting for me, I and mean, very insightful. I mean, this, they, this because they're friends, because obviously they were all uh, uh, urban professionals and cultural elites. Uh, their friends had a bigger 
and, and this is exactly the problem of how we work in the city. I mean, this cities, uh, uh, people make the policies are, are uh, most of the time white, high educated, uh, I think people all eat biologic food uh, 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 or vegan. Um, uh, think renewable energy is a new normal. Think everybody accepts 50 euros a month on their energy bill. Uh, uh, they all think that people who live in poverty uh, um, are not very good in saving money, not realizing that people actually don't get money and have money. But I mean, they're, they don't have saving accounts, so we need to do trainings for save, saving money. I mean, we have 800 euros a month. I mean, you're not, your, your first priority is not saving money, and you save money the fucking whole day to go by the tram or to go to the supermarket, saving money for you. And then people over here earning three, four, five thousand euros a month. I mean, yeah. so it's. Um, 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 yeah, so there's a lot of work to do, I would say, and and it's about. Uh, I mean, a lot of people now do design thinking classes. We, we it's in their curriculum. It's we make a mandatory for policy officers actually to talk to people to uh, before they write down the policies. And uh, this is not standardized yet in every part of the organization, but in large large parts, it is. Yeah, I, I also know from the poverty project that we did is that there was a, a big distinction between first. The people in the project teams were talking to to the people actually helping the poor yeah. people, um, and they were actually not allowed to talk with the real poor people by by the people helping. Um, and but in the end, when the project teams talked to the real like poor yeah. people, they got whole different outcomes out of the talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The needs like were much different than the people that that helped those people first hop. Yeah, yeah. So there's also a big distinction. So you really need to talk to the end customer, and it's very important. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and the way you do it is important as well. I mean, and, and I remember we did uh, interviews with uh, uh, 25 people who complained uh, the most about the, about tourists and the crowds in the city. So we uh, started to interview 25 people. But hey, what's your concern? You complain on Facebook, Twitter, and, and we, we want to do an interview with you. Uh, and just to see what exactly is your problem and, and, and get a bit more insight. I mean, these were brilliant interviews, but I had five people of the communication department reaching out to me uh, in separate ways. So, so uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to do interviews with people who uh, complain a lot. But you're going to talk to them. Yeah, I'm going to talk to them. Without so many of us, because this is a communications effort. I mean, come on, I think it would be relevant for people actually make the product in the city that they talk to them and not people like myself or communications uh, people basically well we want to be with you we want to join you in your interviews basically and then we had a meeting where 20 of them actually came and we wanted to ask the 25 people who complained uh, uh, on a daily base so 20 of them came and rank, have them ranking the topic what's most important and then get a bit of a context and discussion about it and we had, had 20 people of them and 7, 8 communications department people listening to what was happening and uh, and the worst case that could happen according to them was um, promising stuff we couldn't realize, like solving their problems. <laughs> uh, what the fuck is happening to me, basically? This is interesting. And so this is the, the, the and you understand it a bit because when you are enthusiastic, say, I'm going to help you, and you don't solve it. I mean, politicians probably will get fired for that, basically. But come on, I mean, we need to be positive about that we actually You need to dare to be ambitious, right? Yeah. And it's often difficult because you feel like and if I don't succeed, yeah. then my ass is on the line, yeah. And, and, and they say, oh, this is our best try. You can say, people understand you do your best try and some things fail and some things don't fail. Yeah. Most people understand that. As long as you be transparent about it and don't start and talk to, to them. And talk to them and explain yeah. why you make choices and don't do exactly what they're telling you because that's 
closing down whole parts of the city for tourists basically after six in the evening but it doesn't really work that way basically but um uh, but i mean when there's a solution talk about it and communicate why you don't pick the solution so it's 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 we, we need to do better on that and and i think it's a combination and because of what we want yes it's talking to people and in interviews uh, but it's also about how to get the data from the city from 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 how can we give meaning to data we get from the city it also relates to something else that i think is it's still a difficult topic, also that a lot of clients ask us about, but also as Deloitte, we find it difficult. It's working in ecosystems, right? Like yeah. co-creation. Yeah. Um, what is the what is for you like the most challenging out of that to work in co-creation? Um, for us, it's um, different than for um, private sector organizations, I would say, is to make sure you have every stake at the table. I mean, uh, uh, when you have one customer, two customers you're doing this with, you make sure you have the right people around the table and you go create a new product and you can sell it to whatever. Um, our problem is that nine out of 10 times when we co-create with a few organizations of, uh, or uh, a few citizens, we, we think we do our best to get everybody aboard. But none of them, this is not a, well, all Amsterdamers are not represented yeah. in the stuff we do. And we therefore, every Amsterdamer. I mean, we can't say, well, they go to a different customer. Or, hey, so it's, 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 it's harder for us, basically, because it's, it, it's and this isn't, I mean, it's not complaining, but it happens not that often that we do things right according to the people living in the city. Because there are always people who complain about everything you need. And they're right, none of them, because for the, their situation, probably, yeah. I mean, so we would reroute traffic from one street to the other, yeah, there's more traffic on the other street. So in everything we do, we need to, yeah. uh, the solution sometimes is, you talk to people in the street, where the air quality is crap, and people, yeah, this, you need to reroute, and you say, okay, we're rerouting it to something, and, and then you have a discussion the next day with the people living in that street about the air quality. So we need to make sure our data is in place, say, hey, when we do it like this, air quality here is declining, it's, it's improving over here. But uh, in, in average, it's better. So this is the reason why we make the decision. But it's all about communication to all the other people around. So for us, it's about involving every stakeholder uh, uh, in your decision making. Uh, uh, because otherwise, you get a reflection. We don't involve anybody. You know, just make a an, an decision based on the model, basically. And how do you look to like the co-creation to, uh, together with businesses? Because and and especially the business model also around because they're often like. Uh, Things like IP or procurement yeah, yeah, yeah. in the way. I think we make a big transition to 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 open source and open ten so so open ideas. I mean, I think we're. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, in 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 open book collaboration basically and transparency, and then, then there is a lot possible. We now, example, uh, we now do a startup program, startup residence, where we now have thirteen startups working with us. And uh, next generation, this is not well officially yet, but I mean the next will be not be about. Um, only about working with startup, but will be about innovation partnerships. So we want to do uh, 50 to 20 innovation partnerships, basically, which are a bit more, which are new. It's a new tool, basically, for collaboration. There, I think there are now five or six of these partnerships in the Netherlands at the moment. So we thought, well, let's do 15 or 20 at the same time, because then we can learn what works for both of But the interesting thing about that is that you actually say, hey, we continuously can invest jointly in something, which is a joint product. But the end said, hey, the IP for Amsterdam and well, geofenced in a metropolitan area of Amsterdam yeah. is for free, and in the rest of the world you're going to sell it. I mean, this is a nice way of collaboration with 
companies and organizations. So we need to come to these types of models, yeah. basically. Because on the other hand, I mean, I think, and, and this is not arrogant, this is what I see around, and probably a lot of cities have the same capacity, we do have people who are pretty smart and can help to make a product better as well. I mean, uh, 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 companies that make lights come to us to ask our light department, hey, can you help us to think about our product? Which is brilliant, because we need good products, so we obviously we're very willing to... But um, I mean, we can also make new IP type of related yeah. agreements around. So we should be a bit more entrepreneurial than as a city, uh, 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 without losing your uh, um, uh, well, autonomy. I would say. Yeah. So, so. As, maybe as a, as a last question, like, what are you most proud of so far? What you achieved? Um. Seems like a difficult question. <laughs> no, it's the, I mean because it's the um, I can now mention 50 examples of projects we've done that wouldn't have been done and we wouldn't be here. I mean we did 150 projects within the last uh, uh, two three years, um, and this actually because they are impact Amsterdam. I mean maybe I'm proud of the most interesting thing is that we nowadays when we talk about innovation we also name the number of Amsterdamers that actually profited. Profit from it. So we uh, do projects around social housing where we have 40,000 social houses actually improved by simple intervention and stuff we do. We have um, uh, around traffic, we have a bit of quiz or a traffic model a bit. So air quality is better in a few streets in Amsterdam. These are, I mean, these are small results basically, but for a lot of people, they're big, have a big impact. Um, personally, I'm proud of that in this organization as of today, I think there are 250, 200 people work in a different way think in a different way and actually start to make the movement within a city to a, to a future-proof city. And I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that between now and four years, this whole organization will be an organization that's more of the government that fits 2022 then, basically, in terms of how it's organized. So, so I do think the movement in the city is my personal favorite, basically, but I do understand it's not a single citizen wants to invest in, but I do think the digital transformation of our own organization is making, uh, uh, well, not only baby steps, but, but, well, puberty steps. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for this talk. Thank I you. think Amsterdam truly is a forerunner on innovation, uh, so your experience, experience are truly inspiring also for, for other people. And, uh, well, I hope to speak to you soon. Well, the challenge will be, I mean, for us is the, how can we foster and organize Collaboration, because I mean, when you look at the government, I think we should we should reinvent the government to a certain extent. I mean, the whole idea, the image we have with government is the same as when we talk about bankers. You don't want you want to talk about fintech because then you know, yeah, this gives energy. Yeah. So we need to talk about govtechs to make sure we understand what's needed in the near future. And, I, and and the interesting thing about technology is that collaboration is totally different. Then we still used to work on paper and have these traditional organizations. I mean, we can jointly start to build code and open source. We can jointly start to do analytics. I mean, digital world, by its architecture, is meant to collaborate, actually. So I do think we, we would have, actually, I'm going to pitch this this afternoon at, uh, at uh, VNG, uh, the Dutch Organization of uh, Municipalities, to, uh, 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 to start joint app stores, to start do joint coding, do joint development teams. I mean, you can be in your own city, but you can do jointly build stuff together. So it's a new opportunity for us actually to start to collaborate as cities, create impact, create more scale, and, and be a decent partner to uh, organizations in the market 
to get them aboard as well because we can organize the platform. Yeah, I think that will be truly inspiring if if public sector organizations will work together more because yeah. then it's really much. Look, we're crap at collaboration. Everybody, when we build a bridge, we build an Amsterdam, and and then the people who build a bridge. Well, nowadays they also do it for Rotterdam potentially, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. Somehow, a lot of public sector organizations always think that they are different. Then yeah, the other one, but well, they are not. <laughs> no, of course we're not. No, no, it's ten percent we're different, ninety percent we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it inspiring. Don't forget to rate us so we can learn what we need to do better in the future. And of course, if you like the podcast, please share. Follow us as we will publish more inspiring stories of public sector innovation soon. We wish you a great day, and if you want to join the conversation, please visit our website on www.deloitte.nl.